Boat's still there. Well, I think. We'll see. I don't know how much I was recording. Couldn't get this fucker to shut up. Now he won't talk. What up, everybody? It's the Fantasy Football Breakdown Podcast, episode 138. I'm your host, Two Drink Gaswags here. And this other joker's like dropping articles, so we figured we'd bring him on. At DFF underscore Madman. What is do? How are you guys? Hola. Miss you guys. Where you been? We haven't talked in forever. Working too hard, man. Working too hard. Writing, editing, Debbie Watch, just you name it. I I don't know. The weeks are flying by. I feel I like just, I could predict I, everything you're about to say in this show. Really? <laughs> I think you could. Tell, <laughs> tell me what we're going to talk about today. I don't know. I can, I'll even tell you. I'll tell you how you're going to answer the two-minute breakdown questions. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Yeah, what am I, like a 20% correct answer guy? I mean, I, I don't do well. Probably one of those Derek Carr guys. I'll say that. <laughs> Thanks. Really, really appreciate that. <laughs> All right. On that note, my friend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a back seat and see you guys later. All right, man. Have a good one. Stay away from the naughty nurses now. <sighs> That's a lot of pressure. Well, the one was uh, only that article was just basically, you know, finger on the pulse, like what's been going on, like risers and fallers, stuff that kind of stood out. It wasn't anything like, you know, novel or anything, but um, there are risers and fi- fallers, right, guys? I mean, players that are kind of the talk of the town right now and players that eh, maybe lost a little bit of favor. Nobody knows how to rank the wide receivers or running backs at the top. It's just, I mean, everybody's got a different top five at every position. Uh, maybe tight end's the only one that's kind of set for people with like a top three standout. But even those guys are kind of interchangeable depending on who you're talking yeah, to. Yeah. At least the top weird two. Year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, oh, it's a weird year. It's a down year. But at the same time, are we that having trouble ranking these guys because there's a lot more talent than some drafts are just like cut and dried. Saquon Barkley at the top, you know, oh, Corey Davis is the best wide receiver. And we don't have that. But I, I want to argue that the talent might be plat like there might be more of the sort of not top tier, but that second tier talent, a lot more of it, or, you know, maybe I'm just nuts. Crazy. Maybe I'm just a madman. I don't know. We need, <laughs> we need landing spots. And I think I'll be more on board with what yeah, you're saying. I think it's a lot to do with landing. I need, spots. I need to, I need to see them this year more so than I have in the last few years. Even just the combine to get past that and to see the hype that comes out of that, you know, yep. my, my goal is to move nobody after the combine. In my oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking chill. Don't change nothing. Just write it down. L- look for it later when I'm when I'm making that decision between one and two guys. Take notes. Yeah, I just finished one that I submitted, but they haven't. I don't think they published it yet. I think it goes tomorrow. Um, nice. And I picked uh, three under the radar um, or sort of undervalued right now wide receivers, and I think I mean I'm pretty confident about the you know, the three that I chose for that topic and, um, you know, three guys I'd already been looking at, you know, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, hopefully you guys would agree, but, um, one of them's Terry McLaurin, you know, I'm okay. an Ohio state guy, so I'm, it's not just bias, um, because yep. of following that school. It really isn't. Um, cause I like other players there too, but he's, he's a guy that just, um, doesn't seem to get the, he doesn't seem to be ranked as high as his skill set would warrant. And I mean, with the speed he has and his ability to also fight, you know, jump for 50, 50 balls, he's not the strongest guy, a little more savvy and uses finesse, but the plays that he can make uh, and, and the speed that he has, you think he'd be more than a, th- a third round pick, you know, and, and, and well, everybody, uh, right away. 
what everybody's going to the other kid from there. Um, fuck, what's his name? Oh, Paris Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's why your your dude isn't getting as much love. Is it's just oh, it's him. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Um, and Paris Campbell's fast. Thing is, he doesn't really have the downfield receiving chops. You get the ball in his hand, and, and he's amazing. And he yeah. can't catch, you know, on screens and stuff. But he just he's not as developed as a lot of the receivers in the draft this year, as far as downfield passing. You know, maybe in the slot a little bit. So he has to work on that. But yeah, he's an incredible athlete, and I think that's part of why McLaren has become a sleeper. But seeing what he did at the at the Senior Bowl, and then some of the intangibles that these kids bring, you know, how mature they are. Being, being at that school for a long time, um, you know, he's, he's older, but he's a guy that could join a team and contribute right away on special teams. He's a great blocker. He's really good on special teams. It's, it's just a guy that maybe is being overlooked because NFL teams are going to say, hey, this is a guy that we can use now in some capacity. And then maybe he becomes, you know, our second or third wide receiver someday. Uh, I was just really looking at guys that don't get, you know, those guys that just don't get enough credit for what they are and for, for sure. what they can bring to the table. Everybody's Oh man, you know, DK Metcalf. I mean, who's not impressed by by players like that? But at the same time, there are guys that get drafted in the middle rounds that can do better than their draft stock. Maybe they weren't a first or second round pick for a number of reasons, but that doesn't mean they can't be a fantasy relevant player for us at some point. Yeah. Especially if NFL teams like what they bring to the table, special teams, um, you know, whether it's at, on deep, you know, the defensive side of that as a gunner, or it's on the receiving end of that as a, you know, kick returner, or a punt returner. Uh, those are always valuable. You plug those guys in in their, you know, rookie season. And uh, so Deontay Johnson is another guy from, from Toledo. Uh, I watched a lot of his tape and just looking at, at him as a player. And he's, he's pretty amazing what, you know, what he does on the field from the slot and on the outside. And I, and I thought at his size as a slot receiver, you know, 5'11, 180, being able to also play outside. Um, I think he's definitely underrated if you compare him to some of the cats that are ranked, you know, in this class ahead of that. You know, I mean, I think some of the rankings have see the receivers, um, you know, I don't even know if he's ranked in some of these places. He's ranked like in the barely in the top 20 with like Andy Isabella and Greg Dorch, guys like that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's I, I think he's better than that. And I in some places, I don't even know if they have McLaurin even ranked. Um, he falls kind of outside the top 20 or 25 players. And, and then my third guy is, um, yeah, I don't ever hear anybody talk about him, Anthony Ratliff Williams from North Carolina. Um, he's, he's usually outside of a top 20 list too. You know, you're talking about guys that might go in the third round, all of these. And, uh, They're hoping for the third round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hoping they, hoping they don't slide till Saturday, you know what I mean? Yeah, third round and down. And so uh, that's one of my favorite things about this is to find these sort of uh, players that aren't the talk of the town. They're good. They've played football well for a number of years. They bring something really good to the table. And maybe there's one thing about them that they need to work on. Um, but they're not overrated, which is cool. So if you draft them in your rookie drafts and they pan out, well, you know, you got a good return on your investment. If they don't work out, well, you might have drafted a, a dud anyway. Um, so I like to focus on these guys. And that Ratliff Williams is just a beast, you know, before and after the catch, throwing guys around. He's got a brutal stiff arm. Um pull up some of their highlights. You don't even have to watch a lot of tape and just see how these guys handle themselves on the field. And I think you guys will be a little impressed too. Um, Ratliff Williams is the only one of the three, I think that will not be at the combine running drills. He was a snub, Mm. but he's a guy that could become um, like a DK Metcalf, you know, got a player that you look for as someday your wide receiver one, your starting split end. Um, Do you, do you think that's a guy like that, that you draft, um, obviously we're just speculating how, you know, how 
deep he actually gets drafted. But mm-hmm. is that a guy like maybe you're gonna put you're gonna draft in rookie draft and put on your taxi squad? Like, do you think it's gonna yeah. take a year or two kind of development for that to pop, and you don't you know you don't want to mess with it? Or? Yeah, I think so. I bet in all three cases, McLaurin, um, Deontay Johnson, and um, Ratliff Williams. I think for all outside of them, some crazy landing yeah. spot like you know opposite Ty, and they don't do anything else. Like that's the only guy they bring in. These yeah, practice guys squad guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I plan on, pl- and a lot of times with wide receivers, I'm planning on one year just riding the bench or a taxi squad anyway. In the case of these guys, yeah, more than likely they're going to be on a bench. Even if they play for their NFL teams, it would be special teams. And, you know, usually that's not going to be a benefit to you in year we, one. But yeah, guys, you stow away and, and hope that they season well. You're, you're Ohio State guy there. Um, how, like right now, if you were to draft them in a rookie draft, you, you think that's fourth round, middle middle third round? Where are you comfortable taking a guy like that without knowing the spot now if I make your pick? I know it's weird because we don't do a lot of those, but. Yeah, it's tough. I, I don't know. Landing spot will definitely feed into that. And it's not a cop out on my part, but landing spot. No, definitely. Because maybe he gets on a team that's um, an instant sort of, wow, this, maybe they want this guy to play now. Like maybe he goes to the Bears and they're, you know, they're looking for other receivers there or a team mm-hmm. that really needs a receiver. I mean, hell, it could be the Cardinals, right? Definitely. Um, they want a fast big guy on the outside because, you know, not all the big guys are super fast. The, the taller guys are not super yeah. fast. You know, a lot so, of the five, 10, 5, 11 guys are. So McLaurin, I'm just saying I would be comfortable taking him at the end of the second round because of what oh, I wow. think he can become. And the same with those other two guys. Uh, I have them ranked higher than other people. Deontay Johnson, Ratliff Williams. I have those guys as rookie draft, you know, end of second round guys. I, I would have no problem taking them there because I believe that they're going to be good players. Uh, I got you. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to see landing spot before I feel comfortable jumping in front of you to snipe those guys. And, and yeah. I was, that's what I was gonna say. Like I don't think it's a cop out at all, like saying Definitely you need not. to see landing spots. Like for me, I'm I'm a landing spots guy, so I love yeah. listening to your stuff and and reading this stuff as well. But with that said, we started this show a little <laughs> bit untraditional. So I wanna get the listeners caught up in what we're actually talking about. And that's um, an article that you have coming out probably about the time we drop this. Um, I'm guessing tomorrow, which would be Thursday, which is some yeah. deeper guys. That And so that's where this conversation sort of derived from. So Madman's kind of going over an article that what do you ha- what is that article called again? I'm sorry. It's basically under the radar draft targets, wide receivers for the 2019 draft. And I, I picked three players that I really did a, you know, a deep dive review on as as guys that could outdo their NFL draft spot and be rookie players to, you know, to pick up on their teams, basically. And there, and there are a lot of guys out there and you, you could ask someone else and they might have a different three, four, maybe even the same reasons. Uh, part of the fun of it, because, you know, Andy Isabella is a guy everyone's talking about, but he's, you know, he's not the biggest player. Um, yeah. Compared to these guys. I mean, he's, um, I forget, but I think he's right around, oh, geez. Um, he, I think he's five, nine or something. Uh, he's not five eleven, hundred eighty 180 pounds. No, you're talking more like five, nine, 170 pounds, a little different, you know, typical sort of tiny slack guy. So, I, I think that that sort of six foot, 200 pounds, six, one, six, two, 200 pound receiver. Uh, and I take that back at, you know, Isabella's five ten, 190. So he's one of the guys that could do, do well. Cause he's not five, eight, you know, 170 pounds. <laughs> there are a lot of slot receivers in this class, smaller guys like Marquise Brown, who's already injured a uh, little fast. And I just don't like drafting those guys to hope they work out in the NFL especially if they haven't blocked and played in offenses like that. So that I pick these guys as they have a greater chance to make an NFL team 
and then be, you know, you'd be okay investing in them yourself. So it's Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson from Toledo and Anthony Ratliff Williams from North Carolina. But watch their tape. Just even watch their highlights, man. And tell me that you, at least one of those three guys, it doesn't excite you to think about them being either on your favorite team in the NFL or, you know, a team drafting them and giving them a chance and you have them on your dynasty team. I mean, they're all three fun to watch. Yeah. And then to get the the late stock too. I mean, the NFL put later picks into them, but so will you and your rookie drafts. Yeah. Yep. So if, if they don't hit, it's not like, you know, you, you busted on that pick and, and you're, you know, just like real NFL teams, you bust on that first round pick fantasy, you bust on that first round pick shooter happens. What about 50% of the time in the first round anyways. Yeah. At least, but, yep. if, but if you bust on a third or fourth round, like it, no sweat off your back, you know, move forward or that's the kind of guy like, you know, we can let sit on the taxi squad or into the roster for a year or two without it costing you really anything. I mean, do you want a project guy like that? Or do you want to still be holding on to like, you know, Amir Abdullah. I'm just going to pick on you for a second. <laughs> in, in multiple ways. <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> so I like it though. That's definitely some names to look out for. And it's a great time for that with a combine going on right now. No so, doubt. So last week you dropped an article as well on fantasy pros. You're just, just killing, killing it, it lately. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me Coke. Yeah. <laughs> So it was on NFL draft risers and fallers for the 2019 fantasy football season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, like, do you, how are, would do you stick to your feelings like throughout this process? Do you think, or do you think you're going to be wish, do you feel the same way about all of this when you wrote it as you do today? I guess is what I'm saying. As far as the risers and fallers, cause it really, it really wasn't um, one of those articles where like some of our collaborative articles where you say, Hey, this is the guy I think is the one Oh one. And this is a guy I like best at wide receiver or running back because we did all, you know, one of each of those. I felt like those were too early for, you know, in, at running back and receiver to really say who your overall 101 is, right? My mind might change after the combine and it might change again slightly my rankings after the NFL draft because, like you guys said, landing spot. Maybe, maybe some of these guys are, are overrated and we don't realize it and it happens. But so my number one running back that I like is Devin Singletary and my number one wide receiver is Nikhil Harry. It's been like that for a while, but no, I won't stick to my guns. I mean, if you bring new information to me that changes the story, I'm not going to be one of those guys that sits back and goes, you know what? I'm looking for only things that confirm my own bias. I'm not going to listen to new information and and be smart about this. So, um, you know, and my number one quarterback is Dwayne Haskins, but things could change. Maybe my number one on the line is (laughs) Tyler Murray uh, because I do like the kid, but I worry about not just the 5'7", but 175 pounds. Oh, hey, guys, I I eat a bunch of Big Macs. Now I weigh 190. I, I still... No. Yeah, that's I'm interested to see, like, is he really 200 pounds? When, you know what I mean? And then what does he run at? Because if that's his biggest trait being at 170, it's got to be, you know what I mean? It's going to be much faster than he is at 200 pounds on all them Big Macs he bulked up on. Exactly. Uh, and- like he's like, you can't you can't run the same, you know, putting on that. It's like you put on 30 pounds of muscle in the last month and a half that we haven't seen him. So that's a lot. And I like Drew Locke, you know, as a, as a, as an NFL prospect, you know, I have, he's got some, you know, some question marks about him too. So the class is kind of weak, but if you give me new information, maybe guys I do like, like Jared, Jared Stidham, I bump him up or um, Greer, you know, West Virginia, maybe I bump him up. Um, Yeah. Why, why? So Greer's listed as a follower in that article. I'm, I'm going to need you to explain, bro. That's my dude. Oh, and I don't mean, uh, and the thing about this was too, when I approached this, I wanted to put guys in here as risers and fallers, like, you know, Elijah Holyfield, who I think is definitely going to rise. 
and he used to be one of the better. He's got to crush the combine, I think. Yeah. So yeah. And so looking at it, I I looked at this from the standpoint of guys sort of dropping in favor for other players. Okay. Will Greer, I don't think anything has changed about Will Greer. It's not like he had a major injury. You know, he didn't have the greatest senior year, but at the end of his junior year, uh, before he came back, who would have thought that he would be ranked below guys like Daniel Jones, Jarrett Stidham, um, Drew Locke. But he was talked about as maybe the number one quarterback in that class, or certainly among the top three guys. Not yeah. Everywhere they have got like five, six players ranked above him. Right. So that's what I mean. He's not falling, in my opinion. It's sort of a twist, you know, on words, really. But I, he's going to be a value if it stays the same. Um, and same with some of the other players that I listed as fallers. You know, you can't call Noah Fant a faller, except that in, you know, the NFL – you know, maybe they draft Hawkinson before fan. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that two years ago when everybody's like, hey, man, you got to draft Noah Fan. Yeah. This guy would be unbelievable. And so really just kind of taking a temperature, uh, putting your finger on the pulse and seeing how these players yeah. have risen and fallen. I mean, Marquise Brown, dude, that guy used to be talked about as maybe the number one best talent in this draft class at mm-hmm. wide receiver. I don't believe that, but he was. And then he got hurt and... You know, he's little, and so he's definitely falling out of favor for all these other wide receivers. So of the three you just named, Will Greer, Marquise Brown, and Noah Fant, like, who is your favorite? Which one are you kind of glad that they've took a dip in value that maybe you want to try to capitalize on that a little bit later in your drafts? Well, I'd say definitely Fant, except that people love him so much. If he lands at a great in a great opportunity, we probably aren't going to get a good value on him in rookie drafts. I mean, still see him being the first tight end for some people. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, but he's he's the one I like the best of those three, and I, I I do think it's great that Greer for us has fallen out of favor because he definitely has the chops to be an NFL quarterback. You know, he only played in like he only played. Um, you know, he didn't play under center. What the hell am I trying to say? He only played in the shotgun. I was stuck on a lot of West Virginia. Yeah. So, and, and that's not necessarily all bad, but, you know, he didn't play under center. He didn't um, play against, uh, you know, zone coverage a whole lot. Um, he's probably better suited for the West Coast offense, like I, you know, wrote about. But that doesn't mean he can't be a great quarterback just because he had that, you know, sort of down season. He's got a lot to like. He, uh, yeah, he played in that like sling it all around shotgun out of high school and like, like crushed every record in North Carolina for quarterbacks. Uh, you know, we, he did play at Florida in a pretty pro style kind of offense as a true freshman and led them yeah. on some crazy, crazy comebacks on a McIlwain led, you know, coached offense. That was, that was God awful. And it's, it's pretty nice when you're throwing to guys like Antonio Callaway, you know, in, in college and stuff like that to, to help out. But I feel like Greer, even in a limited set at Florida showed that he could work in multiple systems too. It's not like he's only ever played shotgun at West Virginia yeah, that's a great and point. came in as that system guy. So uh, I'm, I'm very interested to watch him throw, um, you know, at the combine. And, and I think a lot of the other coaches are too, kind of see those mechanics and throwing to different guys. But I've been on Greer since Florida as a Homer, you know, pick there too, but just kind of watching him develop. And as soon as he went to West Virginia, I was like, this cat might win the Heisman. Now he kind of fell off towards the end, but he was mentioned there for, you know, for at least the beginning stretch of that, that, uh, that last season there. Yep. I'm very, very excited to see where Will grow, goes. I, I think it's probably one uh, because of some of this news where he ends up going and he's probably sitting behind. Um, yeah, that'd be ideal for him, you know, really. Yeah, I know we're seeing, uh, you know, Haskins to, to the Giants or something like that, but I've, I've been saying it for a while. I, I feel like, I feel like the Giants probably take a defensive tackle to, to shore up that line in their first pick and maybe maybe move up 
to the back end of that first round to grab Greer to get that fifth year team option. I see like because quarterbacks go crazy in the draft anyways, right? So you're gonna see some guys that probably shouldn't be first round picks that get drafted towards the later round of that first round, like last year with Lamar Jackson. Like you you move up into the back end of that first round just to get that fifth year option on these quarterbacks. So you're not paying them stupid money after four years. You have to do it after five. So I think Greer's a guy that's probably gonna go to a decent team that might not need him to start right away. Mm-hmm. And man, and I if agree he slides. Did. I mean, Josh Allen was a, a, what, a top 11 pick, and people didn't want to draft him even in Superflex in the back end of a second round. If you're telling me I don't even have to spend a back end second on Will Greer, you know what I mean? I did like, not or, see or somewhere that. in that, like, that's stupid. I, I did not see him in the back of the second. Josh, oh, I'll definitely pull it up. Yeah, for sure. Now, Will Greer. Is, I mean, I really any second like, round pick, I'm going to take a starting quarterback in Superflex. You yeah, know what I, I mean? saw it like early But I'm just second. saying, like, yeah. Yeah. I like Will Greer a lot. And in fact, at the end of my paragraph, even though he, he has fallen out of favor versus these other quarterbacks, um, I, my last sentence ended with, he can still become a very good pro quarterback. I believe that. I also think Jarrett Stidham is a kid with so much talent, just, you know, Auburn, you know, he just didn't, he didn't have uh, the right fit for him as a quarterback and that's making excuses. But I think both of them started about, you know, as a second string quarterback or whatever on a squad for, you know, a year or something uh, would be great for them. They certainly are talented, and and I don't know that I like Kyler Murray better than these two guys that I just mentioned for different reasons. So, yeah, I think there's value to be had in this draft at quarterback, even though nobody's talking about, oh, this is a horrible quarterback class. You don't want a quarterback in this class. I think there's some good guys. Everybody wait for 2020. Yeah, they say that all the time. (laughs) You know. Next year we'll be wait for 2021. Um, I've definitely heard you, you know, we've had you on a few times on on this show and Super Flexible. I've heard you talk about Stidham. Um, and I know you like him and I, I feel like you probably like him more than the consensus, which, which is totally cool. I just, yeah. my question is, so he was a, he started as a freshman at Baylor, right? Or he didn't start there, but he, he, that's where he began his college career he had a career there. Yeah. Right. And then he left. And when he left, I think he, he probably had more options than around, but he chose Auburn in that mm-hmm. Gus Malzahn offense. Mm-hmm. Now we we knock him a little bit because he was in a Gus Malzahn offense. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that offense isn't really conducive for chucking the ball all around. It's not. It's not. So it was a bad fit, I do think. we get right? Like he, he made that choice. So I, I just have a slight hesitation there to move him up unless he's in a great landing spot of just making the right decision. Now he's a young kid. He was what? 19, 18 when he made that decision to, to make that move. Yeah, he's a young So, kid. so I get it too. I just, uh, I'm a little worried about the thought process there of why, you know, why, why we chose that route over like, and again, like maybe the other offers weren't big time schools or he was like, you know what, I'm going to go to the SEC and prove it against the best defenses, uh, you know, week in, week out and prove myself that way. I get it. I just, that one, that one has bothered me a little bit with Sidham just for the fact of, I felt like he, he was more suited for Baylor, like Texas Tech, Washington state, you know what I mean? Like sling Mm -hmm. it around and show it off instead of, well, you're only going to throw the ball 18 times this, this week. Yeah, he's inconsistent, and he didn't develop like people expected. You know, we had Mark Schofield on the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, you know, my pod. And, uh, I, you know, I brought him on. I love that guy. I love talking to him. He's super knowledgeable about quarterbacks. I trust a lot of what he says. And he he did come up with some interesting, you know, things that I really didn't think about. And the one thing that he brought some insight on Stidham was at um, the Senior Bowl, you know, that week, um, they asked him, hey, you know, how – so what's been going on? How do you, how do you feel, you know, about things this week? And he just got a big grin on his face because, you know, he's playing in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's finally, right. Mark, 
he, he finally had a chance to throw the damn football and, right. uh, and, and he looked good doing it. I mean, at least, you know, part of the week he is inconsistent, but he was just so excited to actually be able to throw the football and, uh, his energy and all, you know, how, I just, I think there's a lot of intangibles around him. Now it's a reach who knows, you know, he didn't do well in college, like some other quarterbacks. So it is, you know, I don't want to spend a, a ton of time talking, but I just think people aren't talking about him Sure. with Greer enough at that position. It's all Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray. Oh, Drew Locke. I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Locke sucks, to be honest, yeah, um, in the NFL. I, I mean, we've seen that prototype before and not work. Yeah. And, you know, I am so, a full pass on Locke. I don't, yeah. I don't see a situation where I, I – like, I'm going to let somebody else ride, burn that to the ground. That's a pass for me unless, unless the situation is just crazy. And then to me, that's a draft and then trade, like uh, fantasy-wise. I don't know. Something about trade, Locke is, yeah. is, is, an, is an easy no for me. Yeah. And, you know, interesting stuff comes out of these drafts all the time with players that kind of go under the radar. Then they then things change at the combine. And a lot of times that is for quarterbacks and other positions. But um, one of the funniest things um, I, I said to Mark, I was like, so you're a Patriots fan. I'm not. But you're a Patriots fan. And this isn't the ideal class to draft, you know, the, the quarterback mm-hmm. to behind Tom Brady for the future. But if you had to pick, you know, a guy to draft in this class and, and, and start him behind behind Brady and, and and get him going, who would that be? And I was really surprised by Rippin. <laughs> yeah. He said Brett Rippin. And 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 that's fine. I, I don't see anything wrong with Rippin, but I was surprised that he said that. You know? But is that is that a case? I mean, I get the the pedigree is there for him, mm-hmm. uh, that in that regard, but is that more to the fact of, well, Brady's gonna play for another three years anyway. So it's a uh, to grow him yeah, for a couple years. It's a Jimmy G situation where we're yeah. never really hoping that Rippon takes the reins. On, you know what I mean? In uh, in New England, there, like you're hoping get, that yeah. he gets good enough, and then they trade him away, and you're doing that again in two years. Because <laughs> he went on to say, you know, Rippon Rippon is um, you know better at so many things that he looks for that he's definitely undervalued right now. That I think I, I didn't go back and listen to it, but I swear he said that he would take him above these other guys like Finley, Greer, Stidham, Jones. You know, right up there at those top top four or five guys he would be in that group for you know him as a if he were drafting his quarterbacks so I, you know some interesting stuff that because yeah. you hear about the same players over and over on the on the internet from all the big sites twitter you know the same they want to sure. argue about who the number one overall wide receiver is well there's plenty more convert that's going to shake itself out probably soon there are so many yeah. fun things to look at than you know oh is it Nikhil harry or aj brown or dk metcalf you know or um Harmon. Harmon, yeah, it's you know, and oh, and and there, you know, there's one other guy. So there's like a fi- there's a five pack of wide receivers. So oh, maybe it's Hakeem Butler. I don't know who it is, really. Yeah, no, I hear you. We're uh, we're just jumping all around, but Mark, Mark, I'm coming after you when you come on Super Flexible next week. We're gonna have to talk about some of those. But uh, I'm I'm just messing around. I mean, uh, you're you're totally right when a guy <laughs> like Mark brings up a guy like Rippin. Like you definitely need to take a step back and kind of you know go back and and look and and see what happens you know with landing spot and that's definitely got to keep on your radar yeah yeah you you guys are on, right on it um and i'm glad you're bringing him on that guy's really really good and a great guest like you don't you don't need to do anything man he's i could listen to him talk about quarterbacks all day well check out next week when he's on super flexible we talk about quarterbacks <laughs> i will dude i will I'll listen to the whole show uh good stuff are there um are there any guys that you think the combine is going to maybe really get a fall out of like it, make or break some of these guys or are there any particular drills maybe you're looking for out of some of these top level guys that will kind of check the box for you 
or backup? Like, how do you, I guess more so, how do you approach the combine and the information that, that we're about to be flooded with for the next, uh, you know, four days? Well, you go into it with some rankings in, in mind and, and, and some questions, of course. You guys do the same where, you know, you'd like to see more out of this one player, especially if there's not a lot of, um, a lot of good tape on them or something, uh, more questions about their speed. So Nikhil Harry jumps right off the page because not everyone, but many people seem to think he doesn't have the speed that you need at that position. We've all, we've seen it before out of guys that were really raved about, you know, Laquan Treadwell, uh, Deronia Wilson, all kinds of these guys that we thought were good at one point, and then they just didn't have the speed and, and you know, other things to cut it. I don't think that's going to be the, true for him. He's not odd in Tate. You know, he's a really good receiver. <laughs> right. I mean, he's, he brings a lot to Six, the table. Five in the yeah, point. he's <laughs> huge. He's strong. He can make some miraculous grabs, one-handed catches. He does a lot of athletic things. They're like, oh, he has stiff hips. I'm like, well, are we talking about a defensive back? I mean, he mm-hmm. seems to work well in, uh, it, you know, in close spaces. You know, you know, make make moves to get open. I don't have a problem with him, but I, I do. I am concerned about some of these players, what their speed is. And it's- I don't think the 40-yard dash is ideal, but how fast are these guys? True. And it, I mean, in, in true fashion, how many times are these guys truly running like a 40 yard nine route? You know what I mean? When it comes down to it as well. And Harry, Harry attacks the ball in the air so much. Like, I'm, I yeah, I don't, I don't want to see a five flat number. You know what I mean? Like a four, eight kind of, kind of come from him there, but I don't need him to outrun all the corners. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's going to go up and get it over them. Even if he's, and, he's got the strength, right? The, the body positioning, all the things you want. And he, he's really, He's really uh, good making plays on the ball. We've seen a lot and of that, plays out of him where he comes back to the ball or makes yes. a move to get to the ball and get it. And it, yeah, so he doesn't need to have you know four point five speed, but he can't yeah. be running a four point seven either. Um, and yeah. I don't think he will. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be faster than people are saying. Four six flat. I, I feel really good about. It. You know what I mean? And That's fine for his size. For oh, yeah. sure. And it, and when you watch, obviously, all these guys look amazing in these highlights that are that are you know doctored up and spliced together. But mm-hmm. his after the catch stuff too, like mm-hmm. that's not a slow dude. Uh, you know, well, he played special this, teams, man. I mean, he, right. he did well at it too. And the, some plays the stupid thing, yeah. the stupid thing we hear is that they're they're quicker than they are fast. I don't care how you get to the end zone, right? Like just you're you're beating guys, you're making guys miss. And he seemed to set up guys once the ball was in his hand. Like he wasn't just lurking to set up the one guy in front of him to make him miss. Yeah. Like he's yeah. he's looking all over the field at everybody and finding the way to get there. So. Uh, yeah, um, Harry is my one just edging out Harmon right now, and that, that won't change. I mean, Harry's a monster, and the negatives that you can say about him now are very few. In fact, that's a guy you'd probably bet on if, without the combine, at least I would. And I think the combine, for me, I like to look at the, the receivers that are on the bubble. Guys that, you know, eh, are they going to be undrafted? Are they going to be drafted mm-hmm. in the low rounds, maybe the third or fourth? So some of the guys I mentioned, you know, earlier and some of your guys, you know, the players you like that are not ranked in the top even 10 receivers, those, those are the players that stand to gain the most, I think, mm-hmm. out of the, the drills, doing well, you know, whether it's speed, agility, uh, being able to catch. Just I, I look forward to seeing them the most. But, of course, I'm going to pay attention to all the big receivers in their 40s, even though I don't put a lot of stock in that as much as you do, like the shuttle and some, you know, short shuttle and certain things at other positions. Three cone. Yeah, the three cone for these guys. You know, you 40-yard dash, I mean, that's like the quarterback throwing a bomb, you know, to the, to the right. wide receiver that happens once a game or something maybe. Um, but it's still telling. I don't know that it's going to separate these guys unless they suck, unless they really do shitty, right? Then, you're gonna, then that guy is no longer on the fringe of being your wide receiver. 
receiver three or four, you know, you kind of bump him down because he, he blew it. Um, but wow, there's a lot to like about this wide receiving class and I, I can't wait to see the results of it. What about you guys? I want to hear what you guys think about some of the receivers and running backs. I, I mean, I know the guys I like the most, but who do you guys want to see at the combine? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you with some of those lesser name guys. We've, we've all heard about those top four, five, maybe six, depending on who you're looking at, but I'm, I'm interested in guys, um, from those smaller schools to see how they they pair up because the film isn't telling me all because of the competition they play against. And I, I might be an SEC snob. I am down here in Florida, but I, I do think it, it does matter. Obviously, there's guys that come out from, from all over and they're able to play. But a wide receiver like Akeelan Doss out of UC Davis, like there there's a few guys like that. Like I'd really like to see um, – uh, let's go to the SEC, like Emmanuel Hall out of Missouri, like catching from Drew Locke. Uh, who, yep, yep. which side made which side better you know what I mean so certain things like that and then even um when you take like the second guy on these teams um like like you were saying uh your McLaren guy out of Ohio State or mm-hmm. like a Terry Godwin out of Georgia like there's just not a whole lot of balls to go around and Riley Ridley was taking you know what I mean like when the ball was going out so how do those lesser guys from the bigger schools too compete Against some of these smaller guys, um, I don't know. That's that's more the part. I'm just just hoping that they kind of uh, match up measurably uh, close enough to some of these bigger name guys where we're we're, we're interested in the landing spot and and could see teams taking that shot on them. You know, you know, maybe into round three or or early in day th- you know early in day three in that round four range. Yeah, mm. and I'm not I'm not even gonna bullshit like. I'm a pretty big landing spot guy. I'm trying to just kind of take in as much knowledge as I can right now about all these players before the draft. I'm excited for the combine and then I'm super excited for the draft and that's where I want to be. I don't know that I, I, I take a little bit of a psychological approach to a lot of my, my fantasy football personally. So at this point I'm trying to sell my Auden Tate shares. So that's, that's that's the kind of, new tight end in Cincinnati <laughs> on the books. Like no tight end is on the books for Cincinnati. They're just going to slide on a tape. We made all those jokes last year after he ran they super could. slow and he's huge. Let's just move him over. We're all looking at move tight ends anyways. Yeah. So move it over. So yeah, I'm just kind of that I, guy, you know, I'm kind of like the guy that sort of still hopes uh, Marquise Brown hits and I can get him late, but that injury sounds serious. And for his size and the kind of injury it is, those things start to worry me, but well, that's um, the Jones fracture, right in the foot, which yeah. is what what Des had, what Sammy had, what Julio had. Can't what's that? Who who are you talking about? Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. I, a, I thought it was a list front, the you know the the wrap underneath the foot. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. Sorry, but it, that's still the one that it usually ends up requiring that second surgery, like down the road. Like we see that a lot. Uh, if he slides into the second round, though, I feel like he depending on that landing spot, that's probably worth early second. I'm probably going to go ahead and pull the trigger there. Um, yeah, I was listening crazy. to Dynasty Trades HQ when you had Katie Flowers on from UTH on my ride in this morning. And I can't remember well. I can't remember if it was her or Shane, but I finally heard somebody say something somewhat positive for Benny Snell, and that is a dude yes. I've been kind of kind of pumping a little bit. I am interested to see him run the gauntlet um, and get the passes from all over the place as well, but I like some Benny Snell. I think he can do it all. I don't know that he does anything great, and that's 
it's one of those traps I get into in, in past years that I, you know, that I've kind of missed on some guys where they wow. do everything pretty good, but nothing great. And they don't stand out and they just kind of get buried on a depth chart. But I think right. Benny Snell gets an opportunity on the right team. I'm liking that. And I think there's still some stink on him where I might be able to get him in the second round, like running back. All these other guys are going to go and I'm going to look at Benny Snell and be like, yep, I'm going to go ahead and pull this trigger. I'll tell you I, what. I hear people laughing right now, and they're not even listening yet, but I'm just telling you, Benny Snell. No, they do, and it's fine. Last year was the was the class of running backs, and I'm in a bunch of Debbie leagues with Katie Flower, and I do trust what she says about you know player groups. The thing, the only thing I really took issue with that she said was that she thought that there were just a lot of you know sort of um, bombs, you know, traps with the running back class, and I agree. Not all these guys are going to pan out, but there's a lot to like. I mean. Josh Jacobs, he's not my number one, but David Montgomery, Daryl Henderson, Justice Hill, Elijah Holyfield, Damian yep. Harris, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, Benny Snell, Travion Williams, Rodney Anderson, Miles Gaskin, Bryce Love. This goes on, yeah. Come on. There are a lot of talented running backs in this class. You can't tell me that a handful of those guys aren't going to pan out and be fantasy relevant. I mean, five, six of those guys. Look at last year's class. It, it was more top heavy. How's Rashad Penny doing? I mean, for see, sure. It was uh, the oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. I hear you. I, and, and he might. I'm not saying he's not talented. He just didn't have much but, opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, but we still took him in the first round of rookie drafts everywhere. Whether it was early or late, he's a first round guy. Absolutely. I mind, yeah. I don't mind taking that stab in the second round because, like we said earlier, the, the, what it cost me and for my team. Uh, sure, you know, sure. It doesn't, doesn't hurt me as much. That's just one thing. It's kind of my pet peeve that people talk about these classes in absolutes. You know, in some of the threads, you know, well, I'd like to get some 2020 picks because the 2019 running back class is, you know, blah, whatever. Why there's no, you know, Saquon Barkley this year? Do you sure. Saquon Barkley in your draft to get good players and win your fantasy leagues? Every draft class has great players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I keep raving about it. Just bugs me that that they say, oh, this class is down. Tell these players that they suck. I mean, really? <laughs> these are great, <laughs> great programs who did well in college. I'm banking on a lot of these guys making it no matter what people say about last year's class versus this year's class or next. Um, next year's class is a ways off. I don't know. If it's I mean, it could be a little bit of like the Laquan Treadwell effect, though, you know, in a heavy wide receiver class and, and mm-hmm. they don't want to go back to the 2013 or 14 draft, but they want to focus on the more recent. Yeah. And a lot of people bought into that so much. I mean, people were spending a lot to get to that 101 just to have Laquan Treadwell. And I think those things do have an effect on drafts, you know, versus those running back drafts that we've had the last couple of years that in the way we talk, whether it's right or wrong, like it puts stock into certain areas. Yeah. I just, I think that this running back class is as good as last year's running back class. We had Barkley, Penny, Royce Freeman, Sony, Michelle, carry on Johnson, Ronald Jones, (laughs) guys, Chubb. Nick Chubb, John Kelly, Neheim Hines, I, I never say that right, Chase Edmonds, Ito Smith, Jalen Samuels, Justin Jackson, Kalen Balaj, you know, Mark Walton, on and on. Um, yeah, Geis, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, Geis we thought a lot of. Chubb, you know, for me it was Barkley, Chubb, and Geis at the top of that. Maybe it was a little more top-heavy, but I still think that the depth in this running back class is good. And then the wide receiver class, I'm excited to see some of these guys. Like, I think in some years, guys like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah. Kaga Whiteside, however the hell you say his last name, he would be one of the top receivers in a lot of classes. I mean, he, that guy can flat out play football. Assuming he's not, you know, dog shit slow, he's 
he, I think he had, could really shoot up boards depending on how that he comes out of that combine catching and mm-hmm. running routes. Um, I'm excited to see that. I just, I think this is a good class to have rookie picks in now that I traded most of them away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did in a lot of, tra- a lot of leagues traded them away. Ah, that's all right. Some of these wide receivers aren't going to hit your one. You go get them cheaper at the end of the year. Anyways, it's just yeah. the nature of the nature of the beast, man. I feel like we could talk forever, but unfortunately it is close to going back to work time for me, even though you bastards going back to work. Your yeah. You're a buzzkill, man. I'm just going to have to talk to swags a little bit longer. Yep, I record kind of like a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that I know what you mean, but but because we had Mad Men on again, and he got to pump out two articles that are on Fantasy Pros, one oh, already there, you. one probably by the time you are listening to this, don't thank me too late, because you are getting the two-minute breakdown question, sir. That is your payment for oh. pumping those two articles. I'm taking um, it easy on you this week, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. I don't get to get my acronym revenge, because <laughs> Swag's, Swag's come up with all these questions. So when they suck, you know who to blame? Maybe Just someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as most of you know, I'm going to ask him 12 questions, give or take, as fast as I can. He's going to try to answer them thoughtlessly Goodly. in a two-minute time frame. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> Madman, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Get up. Madman, what is the first pro sports game you remember attending? Cleveland Browns game. Who did they play? I don't know. Brian Seip was a quarterback. The most they positive thing doesn't matter. The most positive thing that came from the Rams losing the Super Bowl. The most positive thing? Yeah. Man, I got nothing. You saw the true RB one. I was I was able to buy a five dollar Jared Goff um, jersey T shirt and a twelve dollar <laughs> uh, twelve dollar Todd Gurley. Dang, that's what's oh, up. That's that, amazing. Well, so good. It for says you. Super Bowl See, champs on it, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it does have a Super Bowl emblem, but no, no champs. Solid. Robert Foster or Zay Jones? Ooh. Robert Foster. Ooh. Best name you've ever had for one of your fantasy football teams? Oh God! Nice. Seriously? Seriously? Oh, man, fast. You may pass, sir. I'm gonna Twitter pass for guys. now. I'll get back to you. Twitter tough guys. Yeah, that. It's not original anymore. Tight end stash. A tight end stash in the NFL now? Not, yep. Um, I really like um, Aikens in Houston. Ooh, okay. I like that. Okay. If you were traveling at the speed of light, how long would it take you to get around the world? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Math. Ten seconds. About an eighth of a second. You could go so around close. eight times in a second. Damn. So 80, 80 times around the world in your answer. Science. First concert you've ever so attended. Close. My first concert was Van Halen, believe Durant, it or not. Durant. Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. Keep trader cut. The ages I am going to give you for these <laughs> players as I go will be week one ages. AJ Green, 31. Sammy Watkins, 26. Adam Thielen, 29. Keep, keep trade, trade or cut. Um, keep. Not even close. AJ Green, trade, Thielen, and cut. Ah, throw punchy back. So we're we're keeping AJ Green, trading Thielen, and cutting cutting Watkins. Yes. Hey. Percentage. Thank you for asking that too, Swags. The percentage on life with a brain. The percentage of life on Earth with a brain. one <laughs> percent. Uh, All of it. Ten percent. Ten percent of life on Earth has a brain. I don't even understand the question. <laughs> you may be in the ninety percentile. <laughs> 
That's awesome. I probably fall in there too. <laughs> Superflex Dynasty. Car or Dalton? Car. Yep. 2019 family vacation destination. Orange Beach, Alabama, and Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yuck. Will Buffalo <laughs> draft a tight end or a wide receiver first? Uh, wide receiver, and then they're going to bring in a tight end like Tyler Croft from Cincinnati. Hmm, maybe some Jesse James. Yeah. True yeah. or false? <laughs> Case Keenum to the Dolphins. False, you bastard. False. No I'm going to say false on that. Madman, last question from me. Yes, Why man. are you a good Twitter follow? Uh, I'm honest, uh, genuine, and sometimes very remotely funny. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh, and I also retweet a lot of cool shit that really smart and cool people tweet out, and I feel like you know I'm cool by association. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You are active. <laughs> what? I said You're you active. are active. Yeah, I guess I am. Nice. I think that's a positive trait on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, really. That's fair. <laughs> you don't just like stuff. You even retweet it sometimes. I sometimes quote retweet. You know who I'm I calling. Like even it. talk. You even talk. <laughs> I do much better like on the phone or like this when I can talk to people. I do much better. I don't like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I can only spend so much time typing stuff, and it takes so long. Let's and, like, let's oh. just stop while you were a good Twitter follow. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were, you stopped recording. <laughs> Hit that music, <laughs> and then we'll do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Great show, guys! It was really awesome. Hey, you know, uh, my dog died, and like, uh, <laughs> <really> bad. <laughs> let's just take it down the wrong path, Jeremy. Dude, that that kind of happened to me the other day. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. No, really? like, my dog didn't die. <laughs> but I was talking to a guy and just kind of like, oh, good morning, you know, and I was helping him with some stuff, and I was like, so, man, how are you today? And he's like, man, my dad, my dog died. And he said it so nonchalantly that I didn't believe him. And I, and, and I, yeah, I was kind of just, like, kept helping him, and I'm like, wait, seriously, your, your fucking dog died? And he's like, yeah, and like, my dog died. I'm like, like, Friday? Like, this, so this was Monday, you know, after the weekend. And he's like, no, like an hour ago, like, oh it's my in my truck God. now. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Are you okay? And what, like, for some dude, he sort of teared up and stuff. I felt awful. Like, it was a horrible situation. I was like the first one he talked to all day. Like, oh, I felt so bad for the guy. I'm not even joking. This just happened. Chocolate vodka for the funeral. Poor guy. Oh, hey, best fantasy football team name. I think uh, my favorite one is Hubba Bubba Bubble Screen. Bubble, bubble, bubble screen. Ooh, I like it. What about you two, Drink? I like Twitter tough guys. <laughs> I don't know. That was I, yours? I, no. Mine, I, I, I'm not original. Most of mine are like too drunk to draft. Probably, probably drinking. Those are the names of my teams. Nope. That's what I do. In case you, in case you didn't know what I do. 15 hey, seconds Batman. to tell all three of them us who they are. We at are. At FL2 Drink Minimum, at FF underscore Breakdown, at DFF underscore Swags, and at DFF underscore Madman. Find it. Hey, hey, Madman, what's Kareem Hunt's stat line this year? Um, well, he's probably going to miss 12 games, right? So in four games, I don't know. Uh, Why? 12 200, games. 200, yeah, maybe. So if he plays in four games, let's just say 200 yards and two touchdowns. I don't know. No idea. Why why don't Uber drivers take you to the gym? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. It's cuz they don't it's cuz they don't lift. Oh, uh, listen to you, man. How to get one in? You're one of the cool kids. Two drink here. Man, I liked where that one was going. <laughs>